y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 19, called Of Grave Importance. Uh, we start out uh, on a deserted street at night. Dean has some takeout food. He says, all right, here we go. You know, even though the world is going to crap, there's one thing I can always count on. These things tasting the same in every drive through in every state in our great nation. I and mean, then he takes fair. a bite of, yeah, and then he takes a bite of a taco. <laughs> I thought he was eating a burger. Nope, it's a taco. Oh, hmm. yep. okay. Yep. Dean says, mmm. <laughs> the phone rings. Ding takes out a cell. He says, Annie. Annie says, hey, Dean. Dean says, a nice surprise. How you been? Annie says, oh, I'm still kicking. So good, I guess. Heard about Bobby. I'm sorry. Dean says, yeah, that's true. What's up? Annie says, well, I got some of his old books. I thought maybe you'd want them. Dean says, yeah, sure. Where are you at? Annie says, Bodega Bay, Crow's Nest Inn. Dean says, you working? Annie says, always. You guys anywhere nearby? Dean says, near enough. Annie says, cool. Why don't we meet at the Pier Front restaurant? Lunch? Dean says, one o'clock? Annie says, yeah. Bye. So we cut to inside a haunted house. Two teenagers are smooching on a sofa. <laughs> the room is lit. <laughs> the room is lit by candles. I would not get on that sofa. No. Yeah. Not even a chance. Who yeah. knows what's been on it, in it, you know, like yuck. Yeah, agreed. Um, the girl says, we shouldn't be here. The boy says, yeah, I know. <laughs> Annie pulls up to the house. Um, the girl sits up at the sound of Annie's vehicle. She says, cops? Annie's car door slams, and the teenagers grab flashlights and get up from the sofa. Annie walks toward the front door, holding the flashlight. The teenagers rush through the house. Their flashlights flicker and go out. A large man is standing in the doorway. The man says, you shouldn't have come here. The man runs towards the teenagers, which was terrifying. Ooh, God. I would be like, I am out. Yeah, no, not happening. <laughs> so Annie enters the house, shining a flashlight. She discovers the teenagers' bodies on the floor. There's blood on their faces and blood pooled underneath them. Annie's flashlight flickers and goes out. The front door slams. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to the Pier Front restaurant. It's daytime. Sam and Dean are sitting at a table with a nice view. Sam is looking at the menu and Dean is reading a newspaper. Dean says, hey, get this. Dick Roman is funding another archaeological dig. <laughs> I can't say that word right now. <laughs> that was tricky. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to move on. <laughs> um, guy moves more dirt than the Drudge Report. Sam says, well, anything on what he's digging for? Dean says, don't you think I would have led with that? Sam sighs and looks at his watch. He says, Annie's not usually this late, is she? Dean says, no, never. She's totally compulsive. I'll try herself. Sam says, you know, uh, you know, she and Bobby had a thing, right? Dean says, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Really? <laughs> Sam says, yeah, kind of a foxhole thing. Very Hemingway. Dean says, huh, she and I kind of went Hemingway this one time, too. Sam says, all right, well, that happens. And he makes a face. <laughs> He's like, eh. <laughs> Dean says, what, you too? Sam says, look, it was a while back. We ended up in the same case. She was stressed. I didn't have a soul. <laughs> He's like, I don't, that's going to be, that's like, he, he probably uses that excuse so much, you know? <laughs> I know. I didn't have a no, soul. I can't be held responsible. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, Dean says, that's a lot of foxholes. She's not answering. Well, here's to ghosts that aren't there. Dean pours some whiskey from his flask into his coffee mug. Sam says, you sound kind of disappointed. Dean says, ah, oh, it's better this way. I mean, even though I wish we could go, we, <laughs> even though I wish we could see him again, it doesn't mean that we should. They clink their coffee mugs together and drink. Dean says, uh, are we being stood up? <laughs> Sam says, yeah, let's hope that's all it is. The flask rocks slightly on the table, but Sam and Dean don't notice. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking towards their car. Dean is holding his phone to his ear. Sam says nothing. Dean says straight to voicemail. Something's not right. 
Sam says, what's she doing on, on uh, Bodega Bay? Dean says, she's working some kind of job. She didn't really say. Dean takes out his flask and tries to take a drink, but it's empty. He says, got to get a refill. Sam says, you know what, man? Why don't you uh, just pack it away for a while? All it does is remind us of him, you know? Dean says, yeah, I thought about that, but uh, not yet. Oh, I thought that was sweet. He doesn't want to put Bobby's flask away yet. Yeah. Uh, Dean walks around the car to the driver's side. Bobby is sitting in the backseat of the car, but Sam and Dean don't see him. Dean says, let's go check out Annie's hotel room. So we cut to Annie's hotel room. Uh, Dean is looking at some of Annie's research. Sam says, these go back years. Disappearances never solved. Sam is at the table looking at more papers. He says, they stop a few decades back, then pick up again just recently. All teenagers. Dean says, looks like Annie found a spot a lot of them like to poke around just before they went missing. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, yeah, old Van Ness house. Dean goes, uh, gets up to show the information about the house to Sam. Bobby is now sitting at the table across from Sam, but Sam and Dean don't see him. Dean says, it's a cheery. Sam says, well, the police comb the place. They always come up dry. The curtain next to Sam moves, but Sam and Dean are both looking in the other direction. Dean says, always at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dean says, yeah, local law, always on the ball. Bobby says, guys, but Sam and Dean don't hear him. Sam says, so, built in 1862 by the Van Ness family. Bobby says, I just made that curtain shimmy. <laughs> attention <laughs> yeah. sam says who lost it in the early 1900s bobby says could you look in the right place at the right time <laughs> sam says put up for sale a few years back no takers dean says probably because it creeps their queso bobby says balls this is exhausting <laughs> <laughs> sam says it's just been sitting there boarded up for ages oh get this i guess a couple months back someone put it on Someone put it on one of those uh, most haunted houses in America list. Dean says, let me guess. That's when the teenagers started. Good blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I can do this. I swear it's true. <laughs> That's when the teenagers started going missing. Sam says, yep. Bobby says, okay, now let's get rolling. Dean says, I say we get rolling. So Sam and Dean leave the room. Bobby stands up and looks around at the closed door. Bobby says, idiots. Dean's jacket with the flask in the pocket is hanging over a chair. The door opens and Dean reaches in to get his jacket. Bobby says, thank you. And he flickers and disappears. You stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, idiot. So we cut to the haunted house. It's daytime. Dean and Sam enter the house, shining flashlights. Bobby is behind them. Dean says, honey, I'm home. Bobby says, geez, my people. And Bobby can <laughs> see all the other ghosts in the room, uh, which Sam and Dean cannot see. Dean says, all right, let's go. So the boys go upstairs. Bobby says, hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm a ghost. Hoping for a little ghost orientation here. None of the ghosts respond. Bobby says, chilly. So we cut to Sam and Dean entering an upstairs room. Dean says, Annie. Uh, Dean dials a number and holds the phone to his ear. Sam is holding an EMF reader, which is making a lot of noise. Sam says, there's a whole lot of something going on. Annie's phone rings somewhere nearby. Dean and Sam walk in the direction of the sound and find her phone on the floor. So we cut to Bobby watching uh, the dead teenagers walk slowly past him. On the stairs, a man in a suit is yelling at a large man who ran through the or ran towards the teenagers. The man in the suit says, I know what you did last night and you know it was forbidden. I don't book that sort of thing in my home. Don't do it again, Dexter, or there will be consequences. So we cut back to the boys walking through the house. They go up the stairs and Bobby watches. Dean says, the call to me was the last one she made. So where the hell is she? Annie says, Bobby? Bobby says, Annie, we've been looking for you. Annie says, I can't believe you're here. Bobby says, yeah, I'm a doornail. Bad news here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, he's not like, yeah, I died. He's like, I'm a doornail. <laughs> At least you've got a sense of humor about it, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Bobby says, bad news here. If you can see me, you are too. So we cut to a short time later. Annie and Bobby are sitting on the couch. That gross couch. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Annie I mean, says, at least when you're dead, you're not going to get like, you know, <laughs> sick from it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Annie says, wow, dead. Ghost. Me. 
Three words you never want to use in a sentence. I feel like I was drugged. Bobby says, I get it. I figure it was a month before I even knew I was still here. You're doing well. And he says, terrific. Bobby says, so, uh, so you duck your reaper too? And he says, what? No, I never even saw one. You, Bobby, you ran away from your reaper on purpose? That's why She's you're still like, here? You stupid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid, crazy old. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby says, hey, I remember a time when you liked how crazy I was. And he says, oh, shut up. I can't believe you. You know what? As a regular ghost with no choice in the matter, screw you. Bobby says, hey, I got unfinished business here. Same as you. And he says, uh-huh. And there's my unfinished business right now. The teenagers walk slowly through the room. And he says, kids, hello. You're dead. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Bobby says, well, they're not the brightest bulbs on the string. And he says, I came in. They were roadkill. Then this big guy charges me. And now I'm crap. Is there a fun aspect to this? Bobby says, not really. And so far, I can't crack the code on any of it. I mean, I've seen poltergeist bench a piano as a warm up. I tried to help the boys out once by knocking a book off the table and blacked out for two weeks. <laughs> Poor Bobby. I know. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Annie says, so Sam and Dean don't know you're here. Wow, that's messed up. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking through the house. Dean is listening to Annie's phone message. Sam's EMF reader is dancing around and making a bunch of noise. A woman on Annie's voicemail says, hey, Annie, um, uh, Annie's voice. I think it's Annie's voice. Um, guess it is. Okay. Hey, Annie. <laughs> hey, Annie, I'm emailing you those new. Nope, it's not Annie. Just ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A woman's voice on Annie's voicemail says, hey, Annie, I'm, email I'm emailing you those news clippings that you asked for. Sam says, we're redlining all over the place. Assume the worst. Dean says, yep, always do. Sam says, okay, vengeful spirit, maybe lots of them, killing kids. Uh, look around, no blood, no anything, certainly no bodies. Dean says, well, if evil is partying here, it's got a hell of a cleanup crew. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sam says, what? Dean says, here's something. And he pushes uh, buttons on Annie's phone. Dean says, from earlier this week. Sam says, okay. Uh, a woman's voice on Annie's voicemail says, free me, free me. Sam says, where did that come from? <clears throat> the display on the phone is just a bunch of dots. Dean says, you ever see a phone number look like that? So I cut to Annie and Bobby sitting on the couch. Uh, a ghost named Haskell Crane materializes through a wall in front of them and moves a chair closer to the bar. Annie says, all right, that's cool. Bobby says, excuse me. Hey, boss. Um, but Haskell ignores them. He sits down and opens a book. And he says, Dick. <laughs> Bobby says, yeah, well, ghosts ain't the most sociable type to come down the pike. But if he can do it, Bobby tries to move the table in front of him, but falls through it onto the floor. Haskell laughs. Bobby says, balls. And he says, graceful. Haskell <laughs> says, novices, you all make the same mistakes. Bobby and Andy walk over to Haskell. Bobby says, I suppose you know all about it. Haskell says, well, I've been at it for 80 years. Annie says, yo, uh, fresh meat here. Not even sure what happened. Haskell says, really? Bobby says, I got shot in the melon. Never felt a thing. You? <laughs> He's just so <laughs> blunt about all of it. I got shot in the melon. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Haskell says, I was stabbed brutally right here at this bar. Bobby says, who done you? Haskell says, I'm really very busy. Bobby says, how come there's so many dead folk in this place anyway? You know anything about that? Annie says, I guess we're not supposed to talk about that. Haskell starts to stand up. Annie says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, my friend is just a little nosy. Mr. Haskell says, Crane. Haskell Crane. Annie says, Haskell, you're right. We are novices. So could you do me a solid and show me how to move that chair? It's one stupid chair. Haskell says, baby steps, gorgeous. Try this first. And Haskell pushes a candle across the bar towards Annie. She tries to grab it, but her hand passes straight through it. Bobby tries, and the same thing happens. Haskell says, you're angsting at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what getting frustrated will get you? Nothing. You got two ways to move things. What I did, which you obviously must, is calm yourself. 
Bobby says, you're saying we should move crap with the power of Zen. Haskell says, I'm telling you to let go of all that. Calmly tell the thing what to do. Bobby reaches a hand towards the candle. Haskell says, you're getting tense. Bobby says, you're not helpful. <laughs> Bobby tries to grab Get the candle. away. <laughs> yeah. Bobby tries to grab the candle, but his hand passes through it again. Bobby says, what's option two? You said there were two ways. Haskell says, oh, you could use explosive anger and pure red hot rage, but that's impossible to manufacture. Sorry. Annie says, makes sense, like poltergeist, vengeful spirits. Bobby says, I am vengeful. You think I don't have red hot rage? <laughs> <laughs> so <Aww>. much angst. <laughs> yep. Haskell says, I think you're a sad excuse for one of us, and I'm unsurprised that you're failing. Uh, take my help or don't, but if you want to move a flea, surrender. Bobby says, for the record, I hated that Swayze flick. Romantic bullcrap. <laughs> Bobby reaches a hand towards the candle again. A woman screams. Bobby and Annie turn and see that the screaming is coming from one of the ghosts in the room. The ghost then rushes towards them before turning into dust and vanishing. Bobby says, what in the cold hell is that? <laughs> Haskell says, that's you one day. That's all of us. We deteriorate at different rates. Some sooner, some later, and eventually all like that. Haskell looks towards a female ghost with gray hair and a partially decomposing face. Haskell says, nothing left at all. Bobby says, ghost Alzheimer's. Annie says, I'm liking this less. Dean and Sam walk into the room. Dean says, well, that is every square inch of this place. No bodies, no pieces of bodies, no Annie, a whole lot of sizzle and no steak. Sam says, well, maybe no news is good news. Dean says, meaning? Sam says, meaning maybe she's just not here. Maybe she's still okay. Dean says, yeah, and what does your gut say? Sam says, let's just see if there's anything else in her research. Annie says, Sam, Dean. Bobby says, honey, don't you think I've tried that? I've shouted myself hoarse. Annie says, but I'm right here. Bobby says, well, now you know how all ghosts who have ever tried to talk to us feel. You just have to wait until they find you. Annie says, but I don't even know where I'm at. And I've searched every room five times, <clears throat> five times. No wonder they're walking away. Bobby says, is it me or I'm being checked out? <laughs> a female ghost in a red dress is staring at Bobby and Annie. Annie says, no stud, I'm being checked out. <laughs> Annie and Bobby walk over to the ghost. Annie says, can I help you? The ghost says, I'm Victoria. Annie says, Annie. Victoria says, I saw you here the other day. I know the kind of work you do did and he says hey i'm still doing it i mean other dimensionally speaking bobby says add a girl and he says wait your voice you're the one on my phone victoria says when you're here i was able to call out to you that way and he says ah spectral voice transference bobby says right ghost juju and he <laughs> says and he says sure so what exactly did you mean when you said free me victoria free you from what Bobby vanishes and Victoria gasps. And he says, Bobby, we cut to the boys in the car outside of the haunted house. Dean says, where'd Annie get her intel? Do we know? Dean drinks from the flask. Bobby is in the back seat. Bobby says, stupid flask. Sam says, Bodega Bay Heritage Society. Sam holds up a Bodega Bay Her Heritage Society booklet. Bobby says, boys, come on. All the action's back in the pool. Let's go. Dean starts the car. Bobby says, damn it. So we cut to the Bodega Bay Heritage Society. Uh, we see a large black and white photograph of the Van Ness house, uh, which is the haunted house, um, and information about early residents of Bodega Bay. The historian says, the house dates back to mid 19th century. Miles Van Ness made his fortune in the gold rush, eventually settling his family in Bodega Bay. Sam says, anything unusual ever happen in the house? The historian says, oh, over the course of a century, things are going to happen in a house. <laughs> Bobby is looking at a hanging lamp. He says, tell it what to do. <laughs> the historian, like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the historian says, some locals swear it's haunted. Bobby takes a deep breath and tries to touch the lamp with a finger. Bobby says, move. But Bobby's finger passes right through the lamp. The historian says, every village has its idiots. <laughs> Dean says, we only want the real scoop, of course. Bobby says, balls. <laughs> the historian says, Whitman Van Ness, son and heir, handsome, charming, 
dogged by tragedy all his life. He lost his family fortune and then the house. It became a bordello. He lived in isolation till his death at age 40. Bobby says, he's still here. Dean says, who's the, uh, the bruiser there? The historian points to a photograph of Dexter standing next to Van Ness. Uh, the historian says, Dexter O'Connell, a convict, an extremely violent man. Bobby says, he's there too. The historian says, Mr. Van Ness was socially progressive and took pity on him. He worked as a groundskeeper. Dexter was convicted for murdering Whitman's fiance on the eve of their wedding, another calamitous event in the poor man's life. Sam says, hmm. Dean says, well, thank you. The historian says, the house is popular this week. Sam says, what do you mean? The historian says, a lady came by the other day asking all sorts of questions. Dean says, uh, 30, red hair, good looking? The historian says, I gave her the same advice I'll give you. Stay away from the place. It's extremely unsafe. Sam and Dean nod and leave. So we cut to Bobby trying to move coins on a table, but failing. Uh, we are in a motel. It's night. Bobby looks exasperated. Sam says, so besides Whitman's fiance, uh, Dexter O'Connell was also convicted of killing a bunch of hookers who worked at the brothel. The newspaper headline reads, Woman slain on eve of wedding was fiancé of Whitman Venice. Sam says he escaped before they could hang him. But then he returned to the house where he was found shot to death. Why would he escape and then go right back to the house where he got arrested? Bobby tries again to move a coin. Dane from the shower says, I don't know. Add that to the list of things I don't know. Sam says, so what's the next move? Bobby says, you know, if I could, I, I could be getting old waiting on the two of you to figure this out. <laughs> Bobby goes into the bathroom and looks in the bathroom mirror. He says, all right now, I can, kill, I can kill werewolves, fix a pinto, and bake cornbread. I'll be damned if I can't get zen. So we cut to the Venice house. Uh, the two, there are two teenage boys standing outside. One holds a video camera and is recording himself. Uh, the first teenage boy says, we're posting this video as a warning about the second teenage boy says, or possibly a memorial to the first teenage boy says, our friends, Debbie Tellen and Dudley Scott, last known whereabouts. The second teenage boy says, the Van Ness house. The first boy says, since the cops haven't done crap, the second boy says, and what may be the final moments of their love story? <laughs> the first boy says. How old are they? Like 12? <laughs> I know. Okay, maybe 16. Maybe 16. Maybe. They probably would have had to drive themselves there. So I'm going to go with 16. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. <laughs> the first boy says they've been together since like eighth grade. The second boy says, yeah, they entered this house and texted us. The first boy says, we're going in. The second boy says, ooh. <laughs> so cut back to the motel room. Dean looks at the fogged up bathroom mirror and says, Sam? Sam says, what? Dean says, tell me you wrote that. Annie trapped in house is written on the in a condensation on the mirror. Sam says, uh, no, I didn't. So okay. cut back to the Van Ness house. The boys enter the house. Um, the first teenage boy says, they came into the house. Uh, Annie watches them. We cut back to the boys. Dean says, well, then who's there? Dean says, I said, who's there? The hot water faucet on the sink turns on and steam rises. Bobby writes B and then O on the mirror. Dean says, Bobby? So we cut back to the Van Ness house. The first boy says, they walk through these halls. The second boy says, seeking a grotto of love. <laughs> The first boy says, seriously? The second boy says, what? The front door slams and the teenage boys jump. So they cut back to uh, Sam and Dean. Dean says, Bobby? Bobby's now written in, in full on the mirror. Bobby is standing in the bathroom. He says, yes, but Sam and Dean can't hear him. Dean says, this whole time we've been trying to talk ourselves out of it. He's been, what's he doing here? Sam picks up the flask and holds it out to Dean. Sam says, dude. Bobby says, we don't have time for this. Get your asses back to that house. Dean says, we got to get back to that house, stat. So we cut back to the Van Ness house. Uh, the second teenage boy says, what's happened? Dexter is standing in the next room. The first boy says, hello. Dexter walks purposely towards the teenage boys. He says, you shouldn't have come here. 
The teenage boys start to run from Dexter, but stop because Van Ness is now in front of them. Van Ness says, Dexter, I expressly forbid you. Enough. The first teenage boy says, thank you. Van Ness sticks his hand into each of the teenage boys' chests. They gurgle blood as Annie watches. Van Ness, um, I don't know what that word is. Venice uh, withdraws his hand out of the teenage boys and they fall to the floor. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird sentence. It was. I'm sure what I wrote was a little bit better, <laughs> but I just had to go with what was printed. <laughs> uh, yep. I love it. <laughs> Venice says, Dexter, you tried to warn them away. Dexter says, you have enough of us. They're just children, Whitman. I can't watch this happen all over again. Dexter turns to leave, but Vanessa appears in front of him and sticks his hand into his chest. White light flares as Annie watches. Vanessa says, shut up. Dexter appears to burn up in uh, uh, did I say that right? Dexter appears to burn up in a white light. Uh, then Dexter disappears. Annie presses her back against the wall to hide. So we cut to some time later. Annie walks over to the teenage boy's bodies and tries to take the camera from the first teenage boy, but Annie's hand passes right through it. She stands up and gasps in shock. Victoria is standing right next to her. Annie says, oh, Victoria, grab the camera. Victoria says, no, I can't. We don't meddle in Whitman's affairs. Annie says, hold it. Let's get real. You sent me the SOS and now I'm here. So give me a hand. Victoria says, but now he can get to you too. Annie says, get to me how? I'm already dead. Okay, you want to help me? Exactly what did he do to Dexter? Victoria says, punished him. He was trying to warn them. He tried to warn you too. It drained him. Annie says, drained? What does that mean? Victoria says, that's why he's so strong and why you should stay out of sight. We're merely food to him, food and perverse entertainment. Annie says, so when he does that, what happens? Just poof? Victoria says, forever. And he says, see, I thought that Whitman was some poor guy and that Dexter killed his fiance. Victoria says, no, Whitman framed him. Whitman killed all of us. When this house was a brothel, I worked here as a fancy lady. He slit my throat. And he <laughs> says, fancy lady. <laughs> and he says, yeah. And he says, fancy later, fancy later, fancy lady. <laughs> Leader Hosen. <maybe? laughs> uh, okay. And he says, fancy lady, a hooker. Victoria says, please. And now, even in death, every soul he traps here makes him stronger. And he says, okay, so where does he keep the bodies? Victoria says, I don't know. And he says, Victoria, you've been here forever. Uh, Victoria says, you don't follow him around. And he says, listen, we're going to pull the plug on this bastard. Now grab the damn camera. Victoria says, oh, dear. <laughs> and she takes the camera from the teenage boy's hand. <laughs> Victoria gasps and says, it's him. Victoria and Annie hide as Venice drags the teenage boys' bodies away. Venice pulls a lever and a bookcase opens, revealing a hidden room. Uh, he drags the bodies into the room. So we cut to Sam and Dean. Um, they are taking guns out of the trunk of Baby. Well, that's not Baby, is it? They're taking guns out of the trunk of whatever car they're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yep. Dean says, we comb the crap out of this place. If Annie's in here... And if Annie's in there, <laughs> if Annie's in there and we didn't find her, Sam says, it's because something didn't want us to. Dean says, awesome. Well, let's walk right into that. So they go inside the house. Sam and Dean look around using flashlights. Bobby is behind them. Sam says, all right, I'll check upstairs. Dean says, yeah. Bobby takes his flask out of Dean's jacket pocket. Dean says, Annie? Bobby says, sorry, boys, I'm leaving the pack. Dean says, Annie, it's Dean and Sam. Sam says, Annie? The camera falls to the floor at Dean's feet. Dean says, that's not odd. Dean picks up the camera. Bobby puts the flask in a drawer. Dean says, Sam, get back down here. Annie? Sam comes down the stairs. Annie and Victoria are standing behind Dean. Dean says, Slimer? Sam says, what? Dean says, check it out. Dean plays the recording on the video camera. The second teenage boy says, the final moments of their love story. <laughs> the first boy says, they've been together since like eighth grade. The second boy says, yeah, they entered this house and texted us. Dean says, oh, I hate these indie films. Nothing ever happens. The first boy says, they came into the house. They walked through these halls. 
Sam says, wait, wait, pause it. Frame back a little bit. Stop. Annie is visible in the recording. Dean says she's here and not in a good way. Bobby's now standing next to Annie and Victoria. Bobby says, give them a moment. They've gotten a little slower since I left. <laughs> Dean says, Annie? Annie says, gotta let them know that I'm here. Sam says, anything? Annie to Victoria says, you have to do it. Sam says, Annie. Annie says, we can't. Dean says, Annie. Victoria says, it's too dangerous. Annie says, these guys can help. They just need to know we're here. Sam says, Annie. Victoria materializes behind Sam and Dean. They turn and sear and raise their guns. Sam says, whoa. Victoria says, please. I'm Victoria. Victoria Dodd. Sam says, where'd you come from? Victoria says, here, I was a fancy lady. Dean says, a hooker? <laughs> Victoria not does break. not look happy. Yeah, she <laughs> does not look happy. Sam says, uh, is Annie here? Victoria says, yes, you can't see her. No, you're not standing on her. Annie says, you want to just tell them? Victoria says, I will. In my day, we believed in polite conversation. Annie's in terrible danger. We all are. Sam says, from? Victoria says, Whitman Van Ness. Uh, Venice is watching from the stairs. Dean says, but he's dead. Victoria says, I thought you said they were good. <laughs> Dean <laughs> says, hey, I'm just processing. Okay, lady, he's dead. You're dead. Vanessa flickers. Yeah, everybody's dead. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's dead. <laughs> Dean says, define terrible danger. Victoria says, Whitman has a uh, great power over all of us in this house. He killed Annie. She says, you can free us. Please, you must. Suddenly, Victoria screams and bursts into flames. Sam says, Victoria? Dean says, I'm going to say she was telling the truth, considering that she just got ghost killed. <laughs> Sam says, so what? Whitman Van Ness? Dean says, now we know whose bones to salt and burn. Let's go. Dean walks away. Vanessa slips a key into Sam's pocket. Sam follows Dean, and Vanessa disappears. So Dean and Sam get into the car. Bobby and Annie watch from the windows. Vanessa is in the back seat. Bobby says, ah, hell no. Dean, Sam, and Vanessa drive away. So we cut to Bobby and Annie walking up the stairs. Bobby says, if I hadn't stashed that flask here, I'd still be glued to Sam and Dean. Real clever. Annie says, actually, it was. Bobby says, son of a bitch. I figured our one ace was that bastard Whitman couldn't leave the house either. Annie says, must have pulled a number like you in the flask. Probably planted something on the boys. Bobby says, terrific. Annie says, hey, listen, sweetie, you can beat yourself up all day about it, or we could take advantage of the fact that Whitman's gone and do what we're supposed to do. Let's go figure this out. You coming, Robert? <laughs> Annie, I love that she calls him Robert. Robert? <laughs> yeah, she says it like that, too. That's good. Uh, Annie and Bobby walk down a hallway and stand in front of a door. Bobby says, well, we searched everywhere else. Annie says, I'm telling you, Whitman guards this room like Fort Knox. Uh, Annie and Bobby walk through the door into the sitting room. There's a fire burning in the fireplace. Bobby says, last time I checked, ghosts don't get cold. A skeleton and the remains of a red dress are in the fire. Annie says, yeah, that's Victoria. That's how he took her out. But where did he get her corpse? Bobby says, well, you said he dragged those two dead kids away. Where'd he take them? Annie says, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't risk following him. Bobby says, what else did you say this place was other than a whorehouse? Annie says, it was a lot of things. It was a boarding house, a school, a speakeasy. Bobby says, yeah, well, the thing about speakeasies, hell of a lot to hide. So Bobby and Annie search the room. Bobby pulls a lever that Vanessa used to open the bookcase, and it swings open. Bobby says, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> I know. Bobby and Annie enter the room behind the bookcase. It contains skeletons and corpses in various stages of decomposition. Annie's body and the teenage boys are there. Annie looks upset about seeing her own body, uh, which I would too, probably. Yeah, I would probably be more than a little upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby says, well, this pretty much tells the story, don't it? You know, you and me, we burned our fair share of bones, sent a lot of ghosts packing. Annie says, it's a little different when you're on the receiving end. So what do you think happens to them? Heaven, hell, or none of the above? Bobby says, I don't know, just gone, most likely. And he says, yeah, that's what I think, too. That's what I want. I want a hunter's funeral. Oh, come on. It's better than this. I'm stuck to this house, somewhere between existing and not. No, I'm not. 
no, I'm ready for some peace. Wasn't much of a life. It was lonely what we do. Bobby says, yeah, well, the life I had uh, is the one I picked. And he says, yeah, but you had the boys. All I had was work and it's gone now. Bobby says, yeah, well, I ain't done. And he says, okay, fine, but I am. You're stronger than I am now, Bobby. So uh, you got to do this for me. <clears throat> you got to do this for me. So we cut to the boys. Dean is driving while Sam is on the internet. Sam says, all right, here we go. Cemetery, edge of town. The Venice family has its own mausoleum. Dean says, all right, we light up the bastard and finish him off. The car accelerates from 50 miles an hour to about 80 in just a few seconds. Sam says, take it easy. We'll get there. Dean says, uh, that's not me. Dean struggles to hold onto the steering wheel as it moves back and forth. Vanessa appears next to Dean and tries to turn the wheel, causing the car to swerve. Dean manages to bring the car to a stop and he and Sam get out. Sam says, why is he with us? Dean says, I don't know. There's got to be something on us. Dean and Sam check their clothing. Sam says, hey, hey, and he takes out the key that Vanessa put in his jacket pocket. Vanessa appears behind Sam and sticks a hand into his back. Sam says, oh. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> Dean says, Sam. <laughs> Dean grabs the key from Sam, tosses it on the ground, and shoots it. Venice vanishes. Sam says, did that do it? Did that get rid of him? Dean says, I don't know. I got a bad idea. We just snapped him back to his favorite house. <laughs> Sam says, where Annie's a sitting deck. Dean says, we got to find those bones. Come on. So we cut back to Bobby. He says, let's build up that fire. We can put some of those poor bastards to rest at least. So we cut back to the cemetery. Uh, they find the Vanus mausoleum. Uh, cut back to Bobby. Vanessa runs up the stairs. Bobby and Annie are standing in front of the fireplace in Vanessa's room. Bobby says, well, let's get to cremating. We ain't got all day. Venice walks down the hallway and through the door to his room. Bobby and Annie are hiding around a corner. When Venice looks around the corner, they're gone. So we cut to the boys at the cemetery. Dean uses a hammer and chisel on a plaque that reads Whitman Venice. Uh, we cut back to Bobby. Bobby and Annie hurry down the stairs. Venice appears in front of them. He says, enjoy the view from my room? Planning to thin out the population? Is that how you repay my hospitality? Venice sticks a hand into Bobby's chest and Bobby starts to burn up in a white light. Uh, we cut back to the boys. Dean lights a match and throws it into Venice's coffin. Cut back to Bobby. Venice jumps and the white light retreats from Bobby. Flames start to appear on Venice's clothing. He says, no, I will not be taken. Flames cover Venice and he vanishes. Bobby falls to the ground. Uh, Annie kneels next to Bobby, who is unconscious on the floor in the entryway of the house. Then his eyes open. Bobby says, how long was I out? Annie says, a while. Are you okay? Bobby says, sure. I mean, I'm dead. I'm a ghost, but basically swell. Great. Everything's great. <laughs> yeah. Dean and Sam enter the house. Bobby says, hi, boys. Dean and Sam stare at Bobby. Dean says, Bobby? Bobby says, wait, you can see me? <laughs> Dean and Sam continue to stare at Bobby, who is now standing up. Bobby says, you're staring, you know. Annie's here too, by the way. Dean says, hi, Annie. Sam says, hi, Annie. Annie says, hi, guys. Bobby points a thumb in Annie's direction. Sam and Dean look around, but they can't see her. Bobby says, she says you both look uglier than she remembered. <laughs> Annie hits Bobby lightly on the back. Sam says, Bobby, how'd you stay here? Bobby says, yeah, well, uh, and he walks to the drawer and takes out, um, he walks to the drawer and takes out the flask. He tosses it to Dean. Bobby says, suck on that, Swayze. <laughs> I did it. I picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam says, that's why you never answered me. I tried calling you, uh, the talking board, the works, but I was always alone. Dean always had this thing in his pocket. That's why the EMF only went off half the time. We thought we were going crazy. Dean says, so what happened? Did you get stuck or what? Bobby says, I wanted to stay. Dean says, Bobby. Bobby says, I need to help. Sam says, not if it means you have to be this. Bobby says, well, life wasn't comfy. Why should death be? Now, come on. Uh, Bobby says, Annie and I found all the bodies. Let's put them to rest and keep my damn flask away from the fire, obviously. Bobby heads for the stairs. He says, well, you coming? 
And Dean and Sam are putting their things in the trunk of the car. Bobby looks at the front door of the house and then walks over to them. Bobby says, I'll miss her. Dean says, me too. Sam says, yeah. Bobby says, well, you didn't know her like I did. Dean laughs briefly and Sam clears his throat. <clears throat> because they did know her like that, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, whatever, you know, and they're like, he, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What I want them. Was. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to have that conversation. I know, right? <laughs> Just for Bobby to be like, oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dean says, "Well, uh, here's Annie. She got the hunter's funeral she wanted, kind of like the one we thought we gave you." Sam says, "Dean." Dean says, "What were you thinking, Bobby? You could be in heaven right now, drinking a beer at Harvell's, not stuck." Bobby says, "Stuck here with you? We still have work to do. I thought that was kind of important, Dean." Dean says, "It's not right, and you know it." Bobby says, "Sorry, you're right. What was I thinking?" Bobby vanishes. Sam and Dean look at each other, and Dean tosses a flask into the trunk. So we cut to some time later in the car. Sam says, so what do you think we should do? Dean says, we did what we should do. Now I don't know. Sam says, I mean, do you think it's possible we could, I don't know, make it work somehow? Dean says, I have no idea. Maybe. I've never heard of it. But you know what I do know? It ain't the natural order of things. Everything is supposed to end. You know, he was supposed to... And now, what are the odds this ends well? We see that Bobby is in the back seat. Dean says, what are the odds? And credits. <laughs> okay, so I only really have one thought. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and it's kind of a double parter. I like Annie. Also, I think it's hilarious that she was with all both of the boys plus Bobby. <laughs> Probably John had some of that too. Let's be real. I mean, let's be real. It kind of seems like who hasn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, not that there's a problem with that by any stretch. Of, no, like, no. It's fine. Yeah. It's just kind of weird that it's like, oh yeah, like it was weird enough that like Bobby and Dean, you know, shared her. And then Sam's like, well, but also me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I didn't have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got to say. You know, like, yep. it's just kind of like, eh. but yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my only thought. <laughs> so really like, I don't know. I guess like this episode, there wasn't like, there is stuff happening, but to me, there wasn't a lot of like overall plot stuff happening. You know what I mean? yeah so it, it was a slower one it was a good one mm -hmm. I liked meeting Annie and like I I did like that you know Bobby was more in it and all that sort of stuff but yeah right yeah just yeah <laughs> yeah more Bobby is always good I know right so what was your favorite moment from this episode um well it was totally your only thought <laughs> <laughs> So it was when <laughs> we were discussing that they both boffed her uh -huh. and Bobby. Uh -huh. and no, they didn't boff Bobby. That's not what I mean. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Oh, no. It's in your head now, isn't it? I don't want it to be in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they, they all boffed her. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. boffing. <laughs> Everybody's boffing. Those teenagers are boffing on the gross couch. <laughs> I don't think they got that far. I think they got off before they boffed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <Ooh>. not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, though. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, <clears throat> so... I, I liked, you know, having Bobby back, but I think my favorite moment was when Bobby was like, I can kill werewolves, fix a pinto, and bake cornbread. I'll be damned if I can't get zen, you know? <laughs> he was like, yeah. so angsty about the zen, you know? <laughs> like, you're being a little counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. This isn't going to work for you this way. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it was pretty good. He was just like so worked up about it. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. <laughs> 
So our interesting facts from this episode, uh, it says when Dean and Annie are on the phone, Annie says uh, she's in Bodega Bay and staying at the Crow's Nest Hotel. Um, this is a reference to Alfred Hitchcock's film, The Birds, from 1963, which takes place in Bodega Bay, where characters are attacked by crows and other birds. Hmm. Wow. That sounds awful. I heard somebody, I don't, I thought it was you for some reason, but somebody was telling me about that movie and like how it freaked them out because they don't like birds and like, it was just like people getting attacked by birds and them like running into the windows of the house and like blacking out the house sort of something I is what Ooh, I it wasn't it wasn't me actually but that does sound horrible it's like so they kind of made it sound like the episode bugs but just with <laughs> birds instead yeah <laughs> which does not sound good like no. i have no problem with birds but like i don't want to be attacked by them either <laughs> yeah <Ugh. laughs> um it says the haunted house in this episode is the same house used in the X-Men movies for the X-Mansion, um, a.k.a. the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, um, Lex Luthor's mansion on Smallville from 2001, and as Queen Manor in the show Arrow from 2012. Oh, wow. Which I haven't seen any of those things. Are you kidding? <laughs> I've, <laughs> no. seen, I've seen Arrow. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah. I haven't seen Arrow I feel like a lot of people have told me that it's good, but I've got so many other shows right now that I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to like catch up on and all that sort of stuff. And the, I mean, I, right now I have time to watch like, you know, an episode or two of something a week, you know, like, yeah, I just, with all this stuff outside <laughs> and inside the house, that's getting, you know, redone and just like you know general stuff going on i'm just like mm, yeah this is not <laughs> yeah i have time to watch one or two episodes a week and it's got to be supernatural so that i can take notes <laughs> exactly yeah so like i like travis and i will watch something here and there but mm-hmm. other than that like if i'm gonna watch my supernatural notes i just like wait till he goes to bed and then stay up extra so then that way i can like get it done you know <laughs> yeah so it's a little bit TV and I have not really been seeing each other much lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so it says when Dean and Sam walk back into the house and Dean thinks he hears something, he says Slimer, um, which is a reference to the iconic ghost from Ghostbusters from 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the haunted house is the Tolk house, uh, Rosemary in Vancouver. Um, it was also the Pierpont Inn in episodes uh, or episode, oh, sorry, season two, episode 11, um, Playthings. Is that the one with the two little girls and one of them falls in the swimming pool? And I'm thinking so, but honestly, I have no idea. I think it's that one. I'm probably totally that wrong. Sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> so bad we do a podcast on this show can i remember what episodes or what no (laughs) there's probably somebody who's watched this show way more times than me and is going you idiot (laughs) there's probably a lot of people (laughs) probably like when we go to the conventions and stuff i always feel like so out of because it's like i feel like okay compared to most people that watch supernatural that i know like they don't go to conventions they don't have like gear or anything it's just like oh i watch the show and it's cool like you go to the conventions and most of the people there are like this is my 12th time watching the show all the way through and i can tell you when he said this it was in this episode of this season at yeah. this time and you're just like what <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't think I will ever be on that level. And while I'm yeah. okay with that, it's always impressive when people are that, you know, it's just like the trivia that they do at the conventions, you know, it's like, okay, like Dean says this to this person, when was it? And they'll be like, oh, season blah, 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 episode, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? How do you know that? <laughs> you know, like, I know some popular Dean quotes, like, you know, <clears throat> pudding. Okay, could I tell you what episode that was or what season that was? No, I remember it happening. Yeah, it's what the happened? one with the wraith. That's all I got. 
I don't even, yeah. I mean, I like remember the episode, but I couldn't tell you when it was. Yeah, I like, couldn't either. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. Like, not Are we even qualified a... to do this podcast? <laughs> oh, no, no way we're not. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> but, but we have so much fun. I know we have fun. So that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> do we know what we're doing? No, but are we having fun doing it? Yes. So. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it says, as revealed by the boys' discussion as they wait in the restaurant at the beginning of the episode, Annie is officially the only woman lucky enough to have had a thing in parentheses intimate contact with both winchester brothers and also in parentheses and apparently bobby as well um, this is the fourth yeah, the 14th episode um to not feature the impala uh, the 13th in a row and other than the uh flashback from repo man right so I wonder when we're going to get baby back. I'm ready. I know, right? I don't remember, honestly. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other interesting facts, it says Russell Roberts, who plays Quentin in this episode, uh, returns as, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but he returns later um, in a couple of episodes. Okay. Who's Quentin? Um, you know, I don't remember <laughs> okay i don't remember any of the ghosts named quentin so maybe it's like the guy that was at the um museum or something or one of the like teenage boys maybe well so let me look here because it has all the people who he's not somebody who died okay so all the all the teenage boys died yeah so my guess is that he was probably like the butler or the but no <laughs> butler why did i come up with the butler because it says that later so he's a butler later on i'm not gonna say for who or whatever okay but i'm like wait how did i <laughs> <laughs> um quentin i don't know if they actually like say the name Maybe it's on like a name tag or something. So I would assume okay. that it's not the butler, but the <laughs> guy from the uh, museum. Okay. Which, what would that be called? Was it the historian? Is that the guy? Historian, thank you. Yeah. I was like, that's what I was calling him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what would somebody who works at a museum be called? How about I know? <laughs> 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 it's fine it's fine everybody's fine i don't know what's going on um, uh, so our research from this week is based off of the potter schoolhouse which is so from the interesting facts it, the first one when um they're staying at the crow's nest hotel it's the alfred hitchcock's film the birds mm -hmm. um so it's uh that house we're researching from hitchcock's movie oh okay um so this is off of seeks ghosts blogspot dot blogspot dot com um and so it, yeah it was called the potter schoolhouse they don't actually say it in here but when we were looking it up we found it somewhere else and then found this so um yeah, anyways, um, so it says in an iconic scene in the Alfred Hitchcock's 1960, this says 62 film, so somebody's wrong. I don't know who it is. <laughs> 62 or 63. Um, yeah. The birds, um, it terrorized school children. Wait, hold on. I read that sentence funny. In an iconic scene in the Alfred Hitchcock's 1962 film, The Birds, um, Ter. I'm guessing birds terrorize school children um, and they run away from their schoolhouse as crows chase and attack them. Um, the ominous building used in the scene uh, located in Bodega, California was actually used as a schoolhouse for 86 years. So yeah, and it's in the same place. I mean, they probably did that on purpose, the same place as the episode. So mm -hmm. um, ah, I accidentally pressed a button and now everything's 
wonky. Okay. Um, so it says the birds cast and crew all felt there was something strange about this old building. Several even refused to re-enter the old Potter schoolhouse where they were filming in one of the classrooms. Um, so it did say the name of it. Um, they felt something unseen had watched them. As it turns out, their gut feelings were right. Um, this building is haunted by a variety of ghosts. It says Bodega was a thriving mill town in 1873 when the school was constructed out of virgin redwood and named after Samuel Potter who donated the land. The school had two classrooms or downstairs and a big community hall upstairs. But as the years passed, uh, the lumber mills closed down and by 1959, the school closed. Hitchcock rented the property in 1961 from a private owner who was about to have the abandoned school dismantled so he could sell its lumber for profit. In 1966, Tom and Mary Taylor, both teachers, bought the 6,000 square foot building for $10,000, or wait, $10,500. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm having a hard time reading currently. Um, they and their children spent the next two years restoring the old school. Today, the classrooms are a guest suite and a second family room. Upstairs is another living room, dining room, and bedrooms. Uh, Leah Taylor, their daughter, states that as soon as they begin work, the family experienced weird and frightening activity. Um, the first morning they spent in the house, they were all sleeping in sleeping bags on the second floor when the whole family heard someone scream, It's Sunday morning! <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, over the months and years, they continued to hear strange sounds. Sometimes it was a large group of people all talking at once. Other times it's a crowd of people who sounded as if they were enjoying a rowdy party. The family also heard the sounds of children's footsteps and laughter. The Taylors nicknamed one of the younger ghosts Tricky Tom for his spirit would stick its wet finger in their ears. Oh no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Nope. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, it says Leah Taylor and her husband, Rick Williams, still live in the home. They both have seen apparitions. She, men she mentions that most of the spirits remind her of heat shimmering off the hot pavement in the summer. They move quickly across the rooms, diminishing in size. The ghost of a woman dressed in Victorian clothing has been photographed in the home. Um, a tourist taking pictures in front of the house captured the image of a man standing at one of the second story windows. The man in this picture looks just like Calvin Keithley, um, who was a teacher at the school in the early 1900s. Taylor recounts one sighting that startled her. She spotted the apparition of a small girl levitating in the doorway that leads to the kitchen. <laughs> Ooh, levitating. No good. No. This child offered her a resounding, hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, Taylor does open her home for special events, but the tourists that approach the house regularly often overwhelm her and her husband. Her son does not want to live in the home because of this. They have had to build a fence around the property and they rarely go out in their front yard to avoid tourist questions. <laughs> um, it says the Office of Scientific Investigations and Research declared the Potter Schoolhouse an official haunted place in 1997. Huh, cool. Yep. Which, how does that even like... <laughs> it's officially a haunted place like what do you have to do to go through that process like do you have to know. like does somebody come and go like yep this place is haunted for sure or like do you have yeah, to, like, they probably come with their like yeah with their you know materials that's not the right word <laughs> well yeah i mean that would be yeah but like yeah come and like investigate yeah they would have, they would either have to come and investigate or you'd have to provide some sort of like proof mm -hmm. you know yeah. so like hey here's a picture of somebody who's not in the picture you know or like yeah that sort of stuff you know mm -hmm. but yeah so so that's a research <laughs> creepy schoolhouses that i i don't really want to go to <laughs> um so what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week um well this last weekend i went to visit my dad in a town that's about two hours away and um I forgot a couple of my medications and I was looking, I was like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here for three days. 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's no big deal, yeah. but I, but I looked up, you know, what happens if you suddenly stop taking these medications. And one of them was like fever, muscle aches, and I can't remember the other thing. Um, but you know, yeah, doable. Yeah. Okay. The other one though was like stroke. and I was like shit (laughs) what am I gonna do right so I called my regular pharmacy um and I was explaining it to the pharmacist and he was like you know after after listening to me freak out for like half an hour (laughs) dear god um he was like I need you to call the you know the Walgreens pharmacy you know, down in the town that you're in and they'll be able to help you out Mm -hmm. or not call them, but go there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know? So, um, I went there and I explained my situation Uh and the pharmacist was like, you know, like pharmacists can actually write prescriptions when it's an emergency situation like this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) thank thank you so much and he was like do you want to go through your insurance you know that'll take like half an hour or do you want to just like pay out of pocket and I was like I'm just gonna pay out of pocket because I gotta go home and watch Doctor Who with my dad (laughs) and he was like "Ooh, Doctor Who (laughs) and then and then we talked about Doctor Who for like 20 minutes yeah it was amazing exactly (laughs) so it all worked out I got my medication so I just I didn't know that was a thing that they could do I feel like I've heard that they can sometimes write prescriptions for certain things like I know they can write them for like birth control and that sort of stuff from what I've heard (laughs) I could totally be wrong so don't quote me on that but I think you can just go to like pharmacies and be like okay like these are the medications I'm on I want birth control can you give it to me Mm-hmm. you know assuming yeah. that you I would assume that it's like you don't have any other like health issues or whatever if you're like a fairly healthy person and they're just like okay you know like we can do this or this you know yeah whatever so yeah well it but, was amazing and that pharmacist was lovely so you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was your jitterasma moment so mine our water pump was a big old ass butt <laughs> Oh no. And decided to catch on fire. <laughs> oh my God. So we supply because the water pump is on our property and it all used to be one chunk of property, but it's since then been divided into a few different chunks or whatever, which, okay, fine. You know, the, um, so the electrical wiring basically was at one point it was damaged and I guess you know when it was repaired it like wasn't it was like band-aided you know like so it would last for a little while but it wasn't like fixed how it should be fixed right Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we woke up and well I, I say we Travis woke up and went to go and like get in the shower and no water was coming out of the shower and he's like okay so then he's going around the house and all the sinks and everything and trying to turn on water and nothing's coming out of any of them Mm -hmm. he's like great so he goes down to the pump house and goes in there and it smells like electrical fire you know like and he goes in there and like the electrical panel so i guess i am not an electrician but i guess the you need to match the amount of power going into the thing with that size breaker because that's what flips off the breaker okay if um something happens right so like the breaker was too powerful for what they had going in it mm-hmm. so when that short circuited it didn't flip it off and shut down the power it just kept going because it was like okay no big deal it didn't override it mm-hmm. and so the whole thing <laughs> like the whole like panel just like caught on fire and so it was burned and we didn't have water and nine of them so there's like nine houses that are all connected to this and none of us had water Mm -hmm. so he went out there and like they turned on the backup pump or whatever which 
apparently hadn't been turned on in who knows how long because it was working for a little bit. He came in, like made his coffee, blah, 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 and then went to go and turn on the shower again. And, or no, he took a shower and then he went to go make coffee. I don't know, whatever. But he like kind of fiddled with some water for a little while and then it quit working again. He's like, oh, great. So there was like a whole thing about having to like, he had to take the day off of work and like get somebody to come out and fix the water because it's not just us without water. It's like the whole right, <laughs> area, yeah. you know, without water. And yeah, it was a whole thing. That pump was just an ass butt and decided it was not gonna work anymore. So now it's all wired properly. Oh, not good. That, so in the pump house is wired properly, but there's still not uh the wiring to the pump house is still not what it should be and it's a whole thing to get that done and it has to we have to have like psc out and all that sort of stuff still but yeah so at least we all have water though now yeah <laughs> but yeah so that was that was a fun adventure <clears throat> the, the great things about living in an older house that's been band-aided for mm-hmm. the last who knows how long so yeah not that it, everything has, but a lot of things have, you know, and it's like, it all works, but like, there's so many electrical things that like never got fixed that mm-hmm. like in our shop, we can have like two of the corner lights on because if we have anything else other than that on, like it has the same potential to have, like what the pump house happened where it caught on fire that has like the potential for that to happen again, you know? So wow. like, there's going to be a lot of things that need to be done. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but yeah yeah so and turns out when we have our ac unit <laughs> in the office window where i podcast we can't have the dryer running at the same time as the ac because then that'll like shut down the power or Uh-oh. shut down the water pump power for everybody again or something like that. oh my god there's so many weird things that it's just like what's happening wow <laughs> but hopefully all of that will be figured out at some point in the nearest future so that way we don't have to deal with it anymore but (laughs) yeah oh that's insane (laughs) god yeah Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandassbutspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is filled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.